Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, ben, could you please hand me my bottle? Oh my God, Ben! <laughs> you dropped my bottle. What's going on, everybody? We're alive. Ben's still in Cal- Ben's still in California. LA. You want to prove too much for the man? Oh, sorry. You want to you want to announce the big news? Well, I was going to announce it when the show began. You know, I don't want to trouble. Okay. Me. Well, that's a tease, guys. That there is a tease. That's what we call it in radio business. A tease. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week! Rumors, murmurs, and mergers. It's just moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank our sponsors. SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, our sponsors, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, eat, drink, rub into your body, all kinds of stuff you can do with pot these days. You can find it, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Uh, yeah, Pat Ryan, you're live, and you made it on time, buddy. What's up, dude? <laughs> Pat Ryan, yeah. He's usually late to the show. We, uh, we're we going on a little later. Ben's in California, and this guy does not like waking up early. So <laughs> that explains that, by the way. Uh, we're gonna be uh, Ben's going to be in California for a few weeks, so we're going to have a 2 o'clock start time, by the way. Chicagoreader.com. Go check out the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, what's that column about? Ben Jarofsky's column, Muhammad Ali. He is on my mind. I watched the four-part series uh, on, uh, what is it, PBS, Channel 11. Uh, and I want to give a shout-out to uh, Frank. Uh, he was the one who explained to me how you can watch it. So God bless you, Frank. Uh, and I watched it. I watched it obsessively. and it's I could talk about it forever. I'm going to bring on some guests to talk about Muhammad Ali and his political ramifications even today. Uh, how Muhammad Ali is being used by the Republican Party. Mm, yeah, I'll get into that. But in my column in particular, I take the deep dive on the issue of what happened to his gold medal and how this country seems just incapable, D, incapable of confronting the fact that Muhammad Ali wanted you to think that he threw his gold medal away. And no matter how many times Muhammad Ali said, I threw my gold medal away to protest racism in this country, it's like the country goes, no, he didn't. He just lost it. He made it up. Or no, they don't even say that. He goes, he just lost it. Like, they know. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. Muhammad Ali said it in his autobiography, ladies and gentlemen. He never retracted it. And that America says, no, we can't confront that fact. He didn't throw it away. That's just something that's not true. He just lost it. Okay, America, okay. That makes you feel better. Anyway, that's what I wrote about this week. That's the latest column, guys. ChicagoReader.com. Go find it. And you can find an archive of Ben Jarofsky articles. Yeah, all the way, like, early 2000s, all kinds of stuff. Find out what he thought about certain situations as they happened. Very fascinating. Who knows? He probably flip-flopped on it in about a decade. (laughs) And he thinks something completely different. 
There's a good chance of that. Do that from time. To yeah, no one to do that. There's a good chance of that, man. You know, say what you want about George W. Bush. I'm just kidding. No way. Never <laughs> flip flopped on him. <laughs> uh, although this is hey, this is called a tease. In today's conversation with the great David Ferris, we did say something not nice, but what like not complimentary, but. Uh, Praising kinda of Donald John Trump. Oh wow! It only took a only took half a year. <laughs> it's, and it's really not nice or complex. It's like a backhanded praise. All right, let's get the show going here. You do have a song of the week. It is October. Happy October, everybody! Uh, and in the spirit, uh, Pat or wait, no, it's not Pat. It's Steven. Steven sent us the song of the week. Your song this week is the Adams Family theme song. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, is that the one that goes, did it, did it, did it, I'm mixing it. No, any of the words? No. Something da 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 da. Something da 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 da. The Adams family. Hey, there you go, Steven. That sucked. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, October 1st, and live from my apartment and his Airbnb in beautiful Los Angeles, California, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, he is both creepy and kooky. (laughs) Those are the lyrics to that song you didn't know. (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Drowski here. We're calling this Welcome to the Dance SD Friday. And here's why. Because I'm a grandfather. That's why. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Smash the glass. Oh, go. Give me that bottle. <laughs> Watch out for the baby. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, my God. Oh, COVID kicking in D. COVID kicking in. <laughs> Anyway, just uh, don't. I just want to report uh, that my daughter's doing fine, and my granddaughter's doing fine. And she, was, my granddaughter, was born yesterday. I'm a very happy man. So uh, yes, yesterday was kind of an anxious day, D. You know, these things take time. Sometimes, sometimes the babies come fast. Sometimes the babies come slow. Oh, great! <laughs> Sound effects in slow baby. I got to tell you, D. We're going to be talking about this later, but. Right now, the powers that be at WBZ are listening and going, my God, is this guy good. What? Okay, guys, it'd be easy. Here you go. That's baby coming slowly. Now, watch this be easy, guys. That's baby's coming fast. Whoa. Right now, D, they're having a board meeting at, uh, at, yeah. at NPRBZ. How do we get this guy over here right now? Yeah, I think they're, t- they're saying the opposite after. <laughs> anyway, everybody's well. Touch wood. And um, so, yes, just had to get that. Let people know. That's why I came to L.A. to help my daughter and, and um, my son-in-law, Brian, uh, in this moment of early parenthood. So I'll be here for a couple more weeks, D. 
but let's move on to the news of the day outside of the Jarofsky family. Yeah. Uh, so for those on the live stream chat that are running, what the hell's going on, guys? You're on an hour late. That's what's going on. Ben's in California. Turns out it's two hours behind. Like I said, oh, this guy's not an early riser. So, you know, we're just going on one hour ahead of time. So two o'clock central time. Uh, check us out. We would love By to. By the way, I just have to say this about that. This just goes to show you how much a pre-show planning we do it. Here we've been doing this for a week, and we're finally getting around to explaining. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my god! Right now, uh-oh, that's changing attitudes at BEZ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was giving you the keys to the car, gonna let you run in a bit. Then, oh damn, <laughs> ruined it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's just pretend we announced this two weeks ago. All right, D. Let's just pretend. Sure. What? Let's go into a time machine. What? Listen to this, be easy. That's the time machine. And I'm going to exit. Here we are two weeks ago. Yes, so uh, Dennis and I will be starting the show a little early uh, as I'm in L.A. Now we're back. Yeah, I mean, I have been reading the complaints for WBEZ. And one thing that people, they want more of are just random sound effects of uh, slow babies. And... <laughs> Oh, God. WBZ listeners listening to my show. I don't get it. I don't know. I'm so serious. Hey, anyway, what's in there? We have plenty of WBZ talk, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We have that ahead of us. A couple. Whoa. Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> it's not an earthquake. It's just, you, if you could just see this little table, I'm, I'm in the corner of this room. <laughs> Yeah, so for those who are wondering, where's that brown line? Yeah, he's in California, so that's uh, that's not there. All right, let's oh find. Oh my God, that's wait, hold on, let me do it. Oh, there we go. And I got to say, that new mic you have, it really kind of cancels out that uh, brown line. I haven't really heard it that much uh, since your new microphone. Okay, let's go. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and we begin no, not with the Illinois governor J.B. Pritzker, but rather. One of his 2022 Republican gubernatorial challengers. It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. <laughs> this is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Sully, Sully, Sully. <laughs> oh, Illinois gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sully Sullivan. You've been in this race for not even a month. <laughs> And you've been busted not once, but twice, my friend. In case you didn't know, yes, there is a new Illinois Republican candidate in town. And he's, uh, well, not the one who's a parking lot prodigy or the borderline psychotic hog farmer. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. Okay, Derek, baby, that's enough. No, no, he's the other candidate. The other candidate who has served time in the military. But thanks to Rich Miller, we're now wondering exactly how much time. Ben, we may have a fibber on our hands, all right? Uh, the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard, Capital Facts' own Rich Miller, took the deep dive on this one. Miller writes, Sullivan, Jesse Sullivan, gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sullivan, has peppered his campaign website and announcement with photos of himself in military uniform. The quote from his ad states, I proudly served our nation in uniform doing counterinsurgency work in 
Helmand, Afghanistan, with the U.S. Department of Defense, Sullivan declared in his campaign announcement speech near Petersburg. Sullivan was part of what was known as the Army's Human Terrain System, which recruited civilians with social science backgrounds to help military commanders understand the local populations. A 2012 profile of Sullivan in the State Journal Register mentioned that his team, quote, left the British military unit stationed in the area with recommendations for strengthening local police force and reopening a school. When Rich Miller questioned Sullivan's campaign about this seeming rhetorical contradiction, they acknowledged that he was an Army civilian without veterans status who nevertheless, quote, led and participated in combat patrols in Afghanistan. The Army's unclassified handbook on the human terrain team states its leaders were active duty or retired military officers. Uh, He goes on here, but Ben, your thoughts here on this uh, with Sullivan. Ah, uh, Sully, 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 Sully. I don't know, T. By the, by the way, first of all, a shout out to Rich Miller. He is the meanest bulldog in the, in the yard. Great job. Uh, bringing it. It's actually, he wrote this about two weeks ago. We're a little late to get to it, Rich. Sorry, Rich. We'll be a little quicker. But uh, I read it, my beloved bright one, about two Sundays ago, and I just told Dennis about it. So anyway, um, well, we're, we're earlier than all the other programs that would cover this, which, by the true. way, is they'll never cover it. No, I know. Yeah, it's a great point. It's and I we I get great satisfaction out of this. I'm the leftiest guy in the media. Let's be honest. Uh, and and even all like the mainstream and the centrist, they don't re, they don't cover the Republicans. In fact, yesterday we had the Illinois uh, political know-it-alls, the know-it-alls. And I gave them a quiz right here on the show. Boom! Name the Republican candidates for governor, and this was their response. Uh, habada, 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 habada. <laughs> And then they mispronounced uh, Ray Bond. Oh, yeah. You've never done that. You've never, (laughs) never, ever. I was getting it wrong until Eric Zorn corrected me. And then I still have issues because every time I approach that name, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, which way is it? Which way do I go? Which way do I go, Billy? And uh, that's a song. Um, But anyway, uh, back to uh, Jesse Sullivan and this need to project toughness and service by – over-exaggerating whatever role he had in the military. Uh, it's it's not just, uh, in, in fairness, here's McDumkey line, in fairness to Jesse Sullivan, it's not just Jesse Sullivan. It's something that a lot of people do. Our mayor, mayor remember Mayor Pete? Remember him? Oh, we probably be, wait a minute. Do I? <laughs> That's a tease. We may be getting into some Mayor Pete news in a little while. But he did it a little bit. Uh, who else? Good. I'm blanking on all the... Um, the candidates, Republican and Democrats, uh, who've exaggerated their military service. And, and this is my advice uh, to Jesse Sullivan, not that he will ever take advice from me. You don't have to do it anymore. Look at Donald John Trump. Donnie sat out the Vietnam War. He can go to Vietnam, and he's proud of it. He, like, he, he got his doctor or his father got the doctor to concoct some kind of ailment in his feet. I forget what it was. I don't know, athlete's foot. Who knows what it was? Bone spurs. Who knows? Who cares? You get some doctor to do anything. It's like the doctor who prescribed Joe Rogan the horse pills. Remember that day? You get a doctor to do anything. Joe, you want horse pills? I'll get you the horse pills, but just get my name on the show. Can you just get, say, at one point to your, like, 50 billion listeners? Not that I'm jealous of Joe Rogan. Maybe a little. You know, Dr. Vinnie Boombats of the horse pills. Yeah. Then, you know, 
I'll get you the horse pills. So you get a doctor to pretty much do anything. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so Donnie got the doctor to say at Bones Burrs, he stayed out of the army. And he went on the Howard Stern show and bragged about it. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this one, but with Donnie went on the Howard Stern show and said, oh, the Robin, story. Robin, we got <laughs> Donald Trump, Robin. Now do Trump talking to Howard Stern. I tell you, Trump, uh, uh, Howard, uh, I, got I haven't done Donald Trump in so long. <laughs> That's good, actually. Yeah. And then Robin. You should do a uh, good imitation of Robin, like every now and then. Howard. <laughs> He's good, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, be easy. Hear that? You can have that. Be, be easy right now. Who does Robin Givens imitation? No, not Robin. What's yeah, Robin's last I th- name? I think we lost him at Slow Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Donald Trump on the Howard Stern show and bragged about how he sat out the Vietnam War and the greatest threat to him uh, during the Vietnam War era was getting the clap. Remember that, D? He said that was his greatest threat. And guess what? He got elected to the most conservative uh, voters in the country voted for him. Didn't matter that he sat out the war and that he had this uh, daddy got a a deferment from it for some doctor, some bone spurs or whatever in his feet. I don't even know what it was. I get his ailment mixed up with Rush Limbaugh's. They kept him out. And Dick Cheney, they all got kept. They all stayed out of that war. So, you know, this thing about you exaggerating what you did, people don't care. I, most people sat out to Vietnam. I think the vast majority of Americans who were of uh, age at that time did not serve in the military. Uh, Dennis, I think that's correct. Uh-oh, I'm kind of going on a limb there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just kind of went out on that limb. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think that's correct. Get your I show think- prep, please. My God. <laughs> <laughs> so most people didn't serve in the Vietnam War. They didn't go to Vietnam. Most people, I, I know this is correct. Most people of the millennial persuasion did not go to uh, uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. We gone to a volunteer army. So we're having a s- tiny sliver of people who actually serve relative to the total population. And uh, that's why the people who feel so guilty that they haven't gone in the army do things like stand and cheer at football games. Well, I did my duty. I stood and cheered for this guy who went to the army. We got to get Tony O back on the show, our dear friend. Oh, Antonio. yeah. I miss Antonio. <laughs> but he tells it like it is. He was a Marine. He goes, he won't even stand at the national anthem. I'm not standing. You ever go to a basketball game with Tony O? Uh, you can stand anytime. No, nope. Not going to stand. All right. He was a Marine, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get mad at him. Okay. He was a Marine. Semper Fi. So Sullivan's campaign responded with a really boring 300-word background statement. (laughs) But uh, to Rich Miller, the long-winded explanation looked more like Sullivan had led a small group of advisors alongside soldiers in combat areas than actually leading what most would consider, quote, combat patrols. That still took courage, so why embellish it? Anyway, Rich Miller went on and sent this information to one of the other gubernatorial candidates, the guy who actually seemed to serve in the military, one Paul Schimpf. No, not the Three Stooge or Detlef Schrempf. Paul Schimpf. Uh, He sent Schimpf everything uh, he had from the Sullivan campaign, along with his own self-directed research. Uh, Schimpf was initially reluctant to say anything about Sullivan, but eventually issued this response. Schimpf said, and Schimpf, oh, you're welcome, buddy. Some press here. All right. And Schimpf said, quote, although Jesse Sullivan, who is not a veteran and has never been on active duty, should be commended for having worked in Afghanistan as a civilian contractor. His claim to have led combat patrols flies in the face of Department of Defense 
insurance regulations and established practices. While civilian contractors may be armed and act in defensive roles such as providing security, the use of contractors in contingency operations is specifically limited in DOD instruction 3020.41. Oh, what a military nerd. <laughs> it goes on to say, if Mr. Sullivan wants to claim unprecedented combat leadership experience as a civilian contractor, he should identify the officer that he directly reported to while in theater in order to verify this extraordinary assertion. My God, listeners, I'm sorry that was boring. I was boring. And by the way, Shemp, you got to realize that sounds like a TIFF report. When the city of Chicago or the city of Evanston, I see what you're up to in uh, Evanston, or the city of Arlington Heights getting ready to feed those bears. Huh? Arlington Heights, uh, here, have some property taxes. When they issue a TIFF thing, they come out with some gobbledygook that's absolutely incomprehensible. And, and so the general public goes, I can't follow this. Just take my money. I don't care anyway. And that's kind of what Shem did. Shem, I'm just giving you a little piece of advice, which, of course, I wouldn't follow if I were you, but I'm going to give you some advice anyway. Be more like Trump. Yeah. You think Trump, if Trump were in a similar situation, that's the tweet. If he was still on Twitter, that's the tweet he would release. He would go, liar, phony soldier. Yeah, he may as well as uh, went and jumped on and said, guys, I'm really boring. Um, and uh, yeah, good night. Liar, I'm boring. Phony soldier. What else would Trump say about, uh, you know, if, if Trump were running, can you imagine this Trump running for governor in the Republican primary against Pritzker? And he had to deal with Shemp, not Shemp, Sullivan and the phony soldier, uh, liar. There we go. Soldier. Phony soldier Sullivan. He would, he, I got to admit, he'd be better than that. Better than what I came up with. That's why he's Trump and I'm me. But anyway, the point is, is that MAGA wants phony soldier. They don't want, uh, if you take the first word and the second word and the DOD and the hubba hubba, they don't want that. MAGA's already asleep. Yeah. So, Dude, you know. call someone a shithead. What are you doing? All right, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the total, totally unsuspected. Dr. D, name the Republican candidates for governor right now go gary rabin jesse sullivan darren bailey uh man cow kind of <laughs> paul schiff wow is it rabine i thought it was rabine uh, we're Hello. going remember we decided though that we're just going to go with rabin all right uh eric zorn that was a decision that was made by the ben Trotsky <laughs> show after yeah. a long arduous meeting we discussed it I'm now doing it the right way. He's doing it the wrong way. And that's going to screw me up. Next week, I'll be doing it the wrong way. I will now be uh, featured in the Illinois political know-it-all segment with one <laughs> Dan Pokoshelsky and Jacob Kaplan. Who, you guys, if you could have seen their face yesterday when I dropped that one on them. Oh, yeah, so name the candidates. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't even know about Mancow. Got to give you credit for remembering Mancow. Of course. Anyway, sorry, D. Uh, so anyway, my, my advice to you, uh, Jesse Sullivan, is like drop... The whole military thing. Nobody cares. MAGA doesn't care. Most of MAGA hasn't served either. So just forget about it. Okay? Yeah. The, the people you're running against, one of the guys sued the governor. So come on now. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. <laughs> I love how he says tyrannical. Me too. You can tell he wasn't really confident on how to say it when he was going into it. And by the way, DB, I've been there. 
many times had to read a quote or something. I come into a word. Uh oh, uh oh, I'm not sure about this word. I think I'll just jump over the word and that D. Yeah, don't be as crazy as Darren Bailey, but I mean, you know, come on, step up a little bit, you know? Anyway, uh, Jesse, I gave you advice, all right? You're welcome. You're welcome for the advice. You're very welcome. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. (laughs) A tyrannical governor. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Not a lot went down this week when it comes to the statewide news. And Ben... You have a grandkid to hang out with and get to know. So what do you say? We get our Illinois Weekly Weather Report from Trent Ford and our Weekly Crop Report from Crop Statistician Mark Schlesinger, and we'll get right to the news in Chicago. What do you say, Ben? I think that's a great idea. Me too. Trent! From the Illinois State Water Survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute, this is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. Warm and dry conditions stuck around for the final week of September. Average temperatures this week were in the low to mid-60s, between 2 and 8 degrees above average. Statewide, September average temperatures ended between 1 and 2 degrees above average, but were closer to 3 to 4 degrees above average in northern Illinois. Last month was the fifth warmest September on record in Chicago. This week was bone dry across the state, with only very eastern Illinois (laughs) receiving more than a quarter of an inch in total. Most areas of central and southern Illinois were within one inch of normal precipitation last month, while northern Illinois received between 10 and 50 percent of normal rainfall in September. Mark, your turn! 66% of acres were dropping leaves compared to 59 normally. 10% of soybean acres have been harvested compared to 11 normally. Soybean conditions declined from last week and were rated 6% very poor to poor, 22% fair, and 72% good to excellent. I love how he says rated. For corn, 83% of acres are mature, and that is 14 points ahead of the five-year average. Corn harvest is now 21% finished, compared to 18 normally. Corn conditions declined slightly and were rated 5% very poor to poor, 23 fair, and 72% good to excellent. Somehow more boring than Trent Ford. (laughs) By the way, do you notice how he turns the number five into a two-syllable word? Five. (laughs) I'm going to start doing that. Hey, that may help me that the whole pup be easy thing. Oh, there we go. There we go. 21%, 5%. Be easy right now. It's like, oh my God. Right. Where's this guy been? Wait, I'm looking online right now. Oh my God. Coming soon to WBEZ. Crop it like it's hot with Mark Schlussner. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, uh, oh, hold on. Drink water. By the way, the bad news from LA. Hmm. Just got to say this. Water's not as good in LA as in the city of Chicago. Just going to say that, Chicago. Okay. You may have a terrible football team. That loss got obliterated by the LA football team. But at least you got water that's good. Don't screw that one up. Okay. Hold on. L.A. water break. Yeah, the L.A. water's just not as good, D. What can I tell you? What can I say? Hey, what can I do? (laughs) Okay. All right, everybody. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. That was was fun. Yeah. All right, let's talk the news in the city of Chicago. Hey, our former United States president was in town this week. That's right, everybody. I'm not a doctor. No, not Donald Trump. (laughs) 
Talking about 44th President, one Barack Hussein Obama. He and his wife, Michelle, broke ground on their Obama Presidential Center Tuesday, linking their deeply personal connections to Chicago's South Side to the site they hope will transform the community and change the political discourse. Oh, gag me. Nationally and internationally. The former president said in remarks at Jackson Park with a small group of invited guests, Ben. I guess you were in L.A. I guess you didn't uh, you weren't able to make it. No, <laughs> not sure I would have been invited anyway. But yes, I mean, rumor had it you got that invite, but you were busy, right? I, I did. And I was cleaning off my silver shovel. They use silver shovels to dig the first ceremonial dig of Earth, which is I don't know, guys. Have you ever heard of the silver shovel investigation in the city of Chicago? Not a good idea to use a silver shovel. Man, that's hard to say. That's hard to say. Hey, B-E-Z, let's see. You say silver shovel 10 times fast. Okay. Yeah, I don't think constantly uh, calling out B-E-Z is going to get you anywhere near uh, B-E-Z, by the way. I want a job. They're so <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right. So uh, Obama said in remarks at Jackson Park with a small group of invited guests, one may have been Ben, rumor has it, and construction <laughs> workers whose tractors appeared ready to start digging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obama said, quote, Chicago is where I found the purpose okay. that I had been seeking. Then he said uh, later tonight for. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Then uh, he said, join us later tonight for an unsanctioned maskless dance party uh, in Chicago. <laughs> The Obama's Governor J.B. Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot did the initial uh, honors with commemorative shovels. Ben, you were there. <laughs> the silver shovels. He went on to say, this day has been a long time coming. Offering an oblique reference to the project's many delays that focus to a great extent on where to locate the center. Michelle Obama's speech made clear the influence she had in selecting Jackson Park. She said, quote, and no, I don't have a Michelle Obama impression. She said, one of my greatest honors is being a proud Chicagoan, a daughter of the South Side. The former first lady uh, said, I still lead with that descriptor. I wear it boldly and proudly. Like a crown. She recalled as a child having to travel by car to new parks or places where there were major improvements in the city. She said it rarely happened in her neighborhood. The former first lady sees that changing with the Obama Center in Jackson Park. The Obamas want the center to spur economic development, create jobs and become a destination point for travelers. Yada, yada. OK, more Barack Obama quotes. The former president said it feels natural for Michelle and me. To want to give back to Chicago and to the South Side in particular, the place where she grew up and I came into my own. And the Obama Presidential Center is our way of repaying some of what this amazing city has given us. Wow. All right. Um, God, could, uh, could, uh, could be 10 minutes. Geez, so I'm going to try to really uh, keep it um, as tight as I can. First of all, uh, Michelle Obama is very much, obviously, uh, a daughter of the South Side. She grew up on the South Side. She uh, went to Chicago Public Schools, a proud graduate of Whitney Young High School. I will not, will not do my Dolphins imitation. Uh, so she is very much from the South Side of Chicago, the city of Chicago. Barack Obama is like me, a, uh, a visitor to the city of Chicago or who stopped in. And uh, he made a decision that it would be best for his career politically once he had settled in Chicago for a little while uh, to to. Lay down roots. 
uh, and used Chicago as his jumping off point for his political career. The key being jumping off, because once he jumped off, he didn't come back. Uh, that uh, is pretty obvious that Barack Obama, who's a very, very, very smart guy, will never accuse him of not being super smart, took one look around at the political mire that is the city of Chicago and said, I want out of here. And first opportunity could, he ran for Congress in 2000, as Dennis recalls. He got trounced uh, by Bobby Rush. Four years later, or three years later, he was running for senator, and he was victorious this time, and that was it. Chicago was in the rear view mirrors. I had a smile, Dave, when he goes, this is where I got my start. No, this <laughs> this is like a this is like a, what's that thing called where you jump up and down on it? Trampoline. You know, trampoline. Thank you. This You're is welcome. the trampoline. That you jumped off of. So you come back and this is a gift to Chicago. I'm, I'm sorry. You're like disrupted. You dug up the earth in Jackson park. That's your gift to Chicago. I know Chicago. It's going to be really mad at me. D this is why I'm in an attic overlooking a porta potty usually. But the reality is this is not going to spur economic development that will help people in the city of Chicago. We had Dixon Romeo on the show just the other day, activists from the South side of Chicago talking about the needs to link the Obama center to provisions that protect longtime residents of the South side. So if you have an economic development project like the uh, Obama center that causes uh, property taxes to rise and new uh, wealthier people to move to the community, all you're doing is moving people out of the neighborhood. And I don't think anybody has, it's either one of two things. Either people didn't think about the consequences, what it would have uh, on longtime residents of the area, or they did think about them and go, yeah, let's get them out. Our dear friend, Mark Sims comes on this show from time to time. Another uh, lifelong resident of the city of Chicago, another proud graduate of Chicago public schools, another proud graduate of Fenger high school. Well, I don't know if he graduated, but he went to Fenger high school. He has said many times, he goes, Ben, don't be dumb. I'm paraphrasing. Don't be naive. The whole point of this project is too clear. Have you ever been to the South side? You know, you know, you know, you remember when Mark goes on those, uh, uh, riffs, you ever been to the South side? That's why they want to change the South side. So I, I just view this very cynical move. And, um, by the way, the other thing, there's still lawsuits fighting it. It's, they had those tractors there for a reason, D. I'm just going to tell the, the, like the judges who are reviewing the lawsuits, hey, guys, this project's already going, so no need to uh, take seriously. So I'm, I, I don't know, D. Maybe I'm just always on the outs. Like when people are really happy, I'm sad. Maybe that's, maybe that's really what this is a psychological issue I have. Could be. And Chicagoans really love the Obamas. It's clear. Uh, in 2016, when Barack Obama uh, left office, I was feeling very nostalgic about it already. I was very nervous about Trump. But I have felt more and more uh, that Barack Obama has just quit the public's battle. He's just moved on. He said, you know what? I did it. I made it all the way to the White House. And I'm a celebrity now. Uh, and, uh, I'm, even as I say this, D, I, follow my, I find myself doing Obama. <laughs> I was having this debate uh, with a good friend of mine, Keith, Keith Kelleher, KK. I was saying my favorite uh, ex-president is Jimmy Carter. And Keith was very critical of Jimmy Carter's uh, policies as a president of the United States. And so it was really difficult for him to give him any credit whatsoever for what he's done in his uh, post-presidency career. 
but at least he stayed active in the political fray. And I just feel as though that Barack Obama has largely deserted us. And it is a very scary, frightening time in our country from my perspective. We just talk about this with David Ferris. We talk about this all the time. Uh, MAGA represents a serious threat, in my humble opinion, to democracy in this country right now. We need all the help we can get. And it, was sh- it sure would help if Barack Obama was more forceful uh, in, in, uh, in confronting Donald Trump and Trumpism uh, and MAGAism. But I don't know, except for occasional appearances on the campaign trail, D, he's missing in action. So it's hard for me to really keep that feeling of nostalgia that I had for Obama when he left office. I remember writing the greatest president that I've ever lived through, which is really not saying much, D, when you consider all the, uh, the alternatives. Because not a heck of a lot of great presidents uh, in my lifetime. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed. It's a little hard for me to jump aboard the, oh, feel good bandwagon that we're supposed to feel, you know, when celebrities come to Chicago. Do you know how that goes? When celebrities come to Chicago, oh, wow, we must be important because a celebrity is with us. We must be important because Barack Obama said that once upon a time he lived here. <laughs> he got out as soon as he could, Chicago. So anyway, and by, by the way, you know what's funny? Uh, Mayor Rahm, I just thought of him. Uh, he was not invited to uh, the ceremony, was he, D? I don't think he was there. You notice that? Uh, <laughs> they always keep him out. <laughs> it's like, don't come near us, all right? Uh, he, I, he wasn't invited. He had, I mean, it was under his administration that they cut the deal to put it in Jackson Park, so I don't know. Biden. Well, I but remember he was a, supposed to come to Chicago last week and he never did. Who? Biden. Rom? Oh, you met, oh, I thought you said Biden. I'm sorry. No, Mayor Rahm. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's funny. Mayor Rahm, who was not is, was from Wilmette, uh, every now and then occasionally drops in in Chicago and then says, Chicago's my home. I love Chicago. And then as soon as he can, he leaves, which is funny. D, he could settle in Chicago. He could do his, he could have a podcast. He could bring back, remember that great podcast oh, he had? do I? <laughs> you and Maya are the only two people to listen to it. Anyway, he could have a podcast right here in Chicago. Instead, he wants to go to Japan. This guy will go, he's going everywhere other than stay in Chicago. Remember, as soon as he, he was in the White House for Clinton, came back to Chicago, and they go, oh, I'm going back to Washington. And then he go, wait, mayor? They're kicking me out of the White House as Obama's chief of staff? I'll come back to Chicago. Be the mayor. <laughs> Be the where's Norm Macdonald when I need him? You know, the utter insanity is we're going to elect him a man who knows nothing about Chicago as our mayor. Anyway, as soon as he loses, boom, I'm going to Japan. What is it about the city of Chicago, D, that the people that we elect as our leaders that we revere people leave as soon as they can and don't come back? What is it about the city of Chicago? Barack Obama, Rahm Emanuel, I'm out of here. <laughs> See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Well, hey, our current Chicago mayor had some things to say about the Obama Center. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. In her remarks, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said the investments from the Obama Center would be transformative to the community. But hey, give it about two and a half years and this thing will be headed to Arlington Heights. Am I right, Ben? It's a good line. It's- Obama will cut a deal. I uh, uh, can't afford the property taxes. So, uh, 
got to deal with Arlington Heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bears. Well, that is a great one. How come? I, damn, I wish I had thought of that. Uh, they're going to put a Portillo's in the new Obama Center in Arlington Heights. <laughs> That's right. They're going to move the Obama Center to Arlington Heights. Join the Bears. Bears got to put somebody in there. They're going to have all that area to fill. Arlington Heights, New Chicago, coming soon. Uh, though the Obamas have finally turned a chapter on the center, some tensions still exist. A lawsuit calling for the presidential center to be relocated is still in the courts. Activists are still pushing for more affordable housing measures. And as the Obamas took the stage Tuesday, a plane flew above, pulling a banner that read, Stop cutting down trees. Move OPC. Yeah. Listen, I wanted it on the west side. No one listened to me. Uh, there's so much vacant land on the south side, but the Obamas and uh, clearly wanted that uh, park location. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chicago is such a weird place. The, I, I just read an article in the newspaper, uh, Residents uh, on the west side complaining about the riot fest in Douglas Park. And they go, it's a park. It's a park. And I, I'm very sympathetic to them. Like having this big rock festival in the middle of a park, you know, it's kind of like damages yeah. the park. And just people from and based on the name, you know, just when you riot fest. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be safe and yeah, fun. Yeah, What's the festival? Yeah. Riot fest. OK, cool. Right. Yeah, that's there. There's that, you know. So we're just going to close down our park for a while and turn it over to a rock festival. And sorry, softball players, frisbee throwers, you know, lacrosse players, bicyclists, walkers, people just staring, uh, people just staring at the sky. Bird watchers. Uh, you're lose. Beat it. Touch, touch football players. No know, congregating. <laughs> Stop Keep moving. Lori Lightfoot. So I, uh, I was very sympathetic to those residents that day. I, was, I think it was in the Chicago Tribune. But then again, we turned right around. Oh, the Obamas want Jackson Park, as in grass and trees. Give it to them. I don't know what it is about Chicago, D. It's like all you need to do is put a celebrity there. And Chicago goes for it. You know, like George Lucas wanted to move his Lucas Museum. Oh, yeah. To the lakefront, prime lakefront. And Chicago's, wow, George Lucas, Star Wars, wants to live in our city. Well, not really live here. Just put his museum on your lakefront. Wow. We're we're starstruck. I love Star Wars. That's how you are in Chicago. Any Trump comes to town, puts his name on a building. Mayors greet him. They put a sign out for a while. There was a ceremonial sign for Trump. I don't know if you knew that, D. <laughs> then all of a sudden, oops, better get that sign down. Little street sign. It wasn't enough that Trump put his name, like huge letters on the middle of this building, this skyscraper that you could see anywhere you go are in a loop. They had to give him a ceremonial sign. God, we are suckers in the city of Chicago. I'm sorry, Avery Alpin. You're too hard in Chicagoans. <laughs> Guys, you are welcoming Obama to come to Jackson Park and tear down trees and rip up grass. And you're happy. You are Chicago. Like you give them ceremonial silver shovels, not thinking that silver shovel was the name of the federal investigation into dumping on the West Side. Whose idea was it to do the silver shovel thing? I don't know. Anyway, D, that's Chicago. We are truly the second city. We just love celebrity. Vince Vaughn moves to Chicago. Chicago's awestruck. Wow. Vince Vaughn lives here. Yeah, come on, baby. Let's go. Wow. Is that Vince Vaughn? Yeah, I guess so. 
little Joe Rogan-esque. Just hey, come saying. on, baby. Leave me alone, baby. Come on. Let's go. Chicago. Wabash. Yeah. Oh, my God, Chicago. Love. I love Chicago. All I can say is I'm getting the hell out of here. Rom goes to Japan. That's the airplane taking Rom to Japan. Moving on to City Hall. It's now time for the latest episode of everyone's favorite Chicago daytime political soap opera. It's time for a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, mayor. Good question. Question sucks. (laughs) First, let's talk about vaccines. We have learned this week that six Count them six. Members of the Chicago City Council have urged Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday to reconsider her order requiring all city employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by October 15th. They even wrote a letter to the mayor and we're going to read it. Alderman. Oh, wait, there are six aldermen. Before I go on to say who the aldermen are, let's see if our host, Ben Jarofsky, can guess the six aldermen. We were trying to do this before the show. This is about the only pre-show prep we had, like a little quiz, because it was fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I asked Ben the six. He said he uh, did not know the six. He guessed, and I didn't tell him. I said, you know what? We're going to find out a little later on. So Ben Jarofsky, the six aldermen and women who uh, are uh, kind of going against the vaccine thing here. All right. So they're opposing uh, Lori Lightfoot's mandate that all city employees get vaccinated. And as far as I could tell, the loudest outcry against uh, the mandate is coming from the Chicago Police Department, the Fraternal Order Police in particular, uh, the Policeman's Union. So this is my way of saying I would guess that the aldermen who are urging Mayor Lori Lightfoot to go slow would be aldermen who come from wards where there's large concentrations of police officers. Uh, this is my guess. This is how I'm figuring it, D. I'm, if I'm strategizing before I play, place my bet in Vegas. Play along so on the I, live stream chat, everybody. So I would say uh, Alderman Nick Spazzato would be on that list. Spazzato? Uh, You're going Spazzato? Yes. That is correct. Spazzato. Thank you. I would say that Alderman Anthony Napolitano of the 41st Ward is on that list. I'm going with Napolitano. Okay. You said Sp- uh, Spazzato. That is one. Napolitano. Let me double check. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. All sure. right. I would say uh, that your favorite Alderman, Jim Gardner from the How'd 45th you know? <laughs> He's trying to keep that secret. Jim Gardner uh, from the 45th Ward. We've talked a lot about him lately. Uh, Are you going I would Jim? say Jim, Gar- Jim Gardner? Jim on that list. Yes. Let's see. Play the radio. Oh, Make my sure God. Television. Oh, oh, oh. That is correct. That is correct. All right. And uh, I would say that Raylo, uh, Raymond Lopez is on that list. I'm making a guess. Raylo, a uh, good friend of this show, are, are the most, uh, he's probably uh, Nick Spazzato and Raylo are the two farthest rightest people you'll ever hear on this show. Uh, I'd say that Raylo, he's been feeling that uh, Fraternal Order Police 5. I'm putting him on that list. I say Raylo's on that list. <laughs> Raylo, not on the oh, list. God, good for you, Raylo. He's showing me <laughs> something there. I, I I apologize for putting you on this list. Uh, I already I guessed before the show that Matt O'Shea, the nineteenth ward, is on the list, and you told me no, he's not. You rejected that was before he said no. I'm going to make you embarrass yourself by screwing this up. So uh, Matt O'Shea's not on. Marty Quinn, thirteenth ward, uh, your second favorite alderman, uh, Michael Madigan's uh, alderman. I'd say he is on the list. He's going, uh, Marty Quinn. <laughs> 
No, not on the oh list. Oh, God. Well, I'm just going to close with Samantha Nugent of the uh, 39th Ward. And other than that, I wave the white flag on this one. Yeah, you're not doing good on this one here. Oh, I suck. All right. Alder, <laughs> Alderman Derek Curtis. Ben, of what ward? Oh, Derek Curtis is of the 18th Ward. That is correct. All right. We have Alderwoman Silvana Taberez. Uh, I, was, I actually was thinking of her 23rd ward against Southwest Atlanta police officers. We have Alderman Felix Cardona. Ben, of what ward? Wow. Well, surprised that he's on the 31st ward. That is correct. Uh, that is the Humble Park area. And then the three that you got, uh, Nick Spazzato, Anthony Napolitano, and 145th ward Alderman Jim Gardner. I want to apologize to Raylo. Raylo, I really humbly apologize for putting you on that list. You got more sense than I gave you credit for, Raylo. <laughs> uh, they said in the note, we firmly believe that your executive order to mandate the vaccination of all city of Chicago employees is an infringement on their personal freedoms. We are strongly opposed to this mandate and are urging you to reconsider your executive order. In a statement, Lightfoot declined to reverse course, but acknowledged that she cannot force older people to get vaccinated since they are independently elected and do not report to the mayor. Spokesperson Cesar Rodriguez said, quote, it is clear that the vaccine is the safest way to stop the spread of COVID-19 and ensure that our workplaces are safe. That is why the city is committed to continuing our robust educational and outreach campaigns to encourage all Chicagoans, including city employees, to get vaccinated. Nick Spazzato, the only older person to publicly say that he has uh, not been vaccinated. And the letter claims the mandate is a violation of the older person's cons uh, constitutional rights, and it should be up to individuals to decide whether to get vaccinated and accept personal responsibility for their decisions. Lightfoot has yet to announce any agreements with the city's employee unions on the vaccine mandate. The Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 7 and the union representing sergeants, captains, and lieutenants have vowed to to oppose any mandate. Yeah, that would be Johnny Canizera. I love Florida. Uh, and or Johnny, I love Florida Canizera and the Fraternal Order Police. I've uh, addressed this already. I'm going to address it again and again and again and again and again. Uh, I believe that this cry uh, about liberty is the biggest fraud being perpetrated on the American people right now. I don't know about the biggest, but it's the one that annoys me the most. Every time I hear somebody talk about the personal liberty, uh, the, the rights of people not to have to take them in. I'm, I'm like, where were you guys during the war on drugs? And I put this to you, Napolitano. Uh, and I put this to you, Nick, Nick Spazzato. And who else is on that list? Tabaras, all of you who put on that list. I wrote that letter to Mayor Lori Lightfoot. City workers got to pee in jars and they test their pee, see if they smoke reefer. Where were you denouncing that? That's a, more, that's a far greater infringement on their personal liberty than re requiring them to get a vaccine that would protect them and everybody else from a dangerous virus. You guys pick and choose what you consider per personal liberties. This is a political, you guys have been bamboozled and brainwashed by Donnie Trump and MAGA into this notion that there's a personal liberty at stake. And D, it's not just them. I just, can I, I'm going to go in a sports direction here right now. Oh, look out, huh? Uh, Dennis's favorite forward for the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green, oh, weighed in on this yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, D. It was hilarious. Draymond Green, the, the great defensive player for the Golden State Warriors, was asked about Andrew Wiggins, uh, another member of the Golden State Warriors, who's sort of like the Knicks Pizzotto of the NBA. 
By the way, the NBA is like 95% vaccinated D. So I got to give a shout out to the NBA. I give all, I spent all my time talking about Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving and uh, Andrew Wiggins. The reality is 95% of the NBA is vaccinated, which is probably a higher percentage than anything other than hosts of the Ben Jarofsky show. The host of the Ben Jarofsky show is 100% vaccinated. Um, but uh, so Andrew Wiggins says he's going to forego, if necessary, uh, half a season of play before. Uh, because uh, he won't get the vaccine vaccination and there's a requirement uh, in the city of San Francisco where the Golden State Warriors play that any person who walks into that venue has to be vaccinated. So he's gonna, he won't be able to play half the games, uh, all the home games. And Draymond Green was asked about it. He said, he has a personal liberty. And he goes, Draymond Green said, I don't want to get political about this. This has been politicized. I don't want to be political about it. Uh, I believe we have a personal liberty. Well, you are taking a political stance, Draymond. That's the assertion of the people in the Republican Party. You are declaring in the name of not being political, you are articulating a political view, which is that there is a constitutionally sacred liberty not to get the vaccination. That is the political view of the Republican Party. I love how like Draymond Green is going, I don't want to be political. People are making politics out of this. Now I'm going to be political. So, D, I am not sympathetic in any way to somebody who says we have a, um, a liberty, a constitutionally protected right not to get the vaccine. I would be more sympathetic if they were anywhere there near the front lines on the war against drugs. None of them were. I don't recall Draymond Green denouncing the requirement that NBA players be tested for marijuana. I think there was a time when the NBA players were tested for marijuana. I don't recall Nick Spazzato ever declaring his opposition to drug tests for city workers. So it's just, you know, you guys have been bamboozled. That's how I view it. And I'm glad. Hey, you know what, D? I'm always looking for opportunities to say Lori Lightfoot and I agree on something. There you go. Because <laughs> you know what I've learned, D? In the city of Chicago, if you want to get ahead in the media, you have to pretend like you're really open-minded to the really stupid things that your leaders do. Otherwise, you're like, what are we, a weirdo? A naysayer? Yeah, that explains so, everything with our show. <laughs> you got him, you got him. Well, she raises a very good point. So, you know what, Mayor Lori Life, I'm with you 100% on this mandate thing. All right. In other aldermanic news, hot damn, we finally got a scoop. Yeah, let's go, Ben. Woo! We have a scoop, guys. An influential alderman became the first member of the Chicago City Council to call for the removal of Park District Chief Michael Kelly over his handling of widespread lifeguard abuse allegations at public beaches and pools. All right. Now, it says here, Finance Committee Chairman Scott Wagaspak of the 32nd Ward also said the problems exposed by the sexual misconduct scandal in the Park District's lifeguarding ranks extend far beyond Kelly, who has been the CEO and general superintendent for a decade. Now, here's my favorite part of the piece. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. <laughs> Wagaspak said in an interview this week. On the podcast of Chicago reader, political columnist, and recent grandpa, Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. Our show got featured in a, in a piece. 
It says here, uh, Waggis Peck said, the superintendent, a lot of staff down below are all culpable in this thing. I want to see massive change there. I want to see a lot of people gone because they're part of the culture and their culture will not change as long as those people are there. Now, Ben, he said it on our show as he was saying it. Were you thinking, oh, my God, we finally got a scoop? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? You know, it's funny. Uh, first of all, uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, WBEZ and the great Danny Mielopoulos. And uh, Dennis, I want you to carefully edit out all the jokes I made about BEZ earlier in the show. Please oh. edit those out. Okay. We'll do. Rid of those. Okay. Uh, get rid of those. All 30. So I did not realize at the time it was a scoop. Just want to say this because I was so focused. My laser like focused on what he was saying. that I didn't realize it. And uh, Dan did, and he went with it. So thank you, Dan. You're my man. You know I love you, baby. Hell yes. We got a scoop. So, Ben, your thoughts here? Uh, now that you've seen it on paper, uh, any uh, any new thoughts that have you have here on this? Or no? Well, I have, uh, first of all, uh, the substance of the matter. Uh, I'm with Dan Mielopoulos on this one, and he does deserve all the credit because he's been leading the charge uh, on this fight. I've just been following up and uh, reporting, reading what he reports so shout out to you, Dan. Uh, and um, it's, it's the, here I'm getting fired up again. The outrage of this, like the, it's been over a year, I think, since the first report came in uh, to uh, Mike Kelly, who runs the park district, allegations from a whistleblower of uh, sexual harassment and assaults uh, among the lifeguard corps. And so far, I don't know, quietly, some people have been punished, maybe like, oh, we don't even know, like, we don't even know if there's any substance, you know, there's been allegations. So have you investigated the serious allegations, rape, assault, you know, well, are they true? (laughs) Nothing. And the one guy, the investigator who was doing the investigation got fired. And I give Scott Waggis back a lot of credit. He came on the show. The, uh, what was it? What day did Scotty come on? Tuesday. He came on the show. We were mostly going to talk about budget, but I had noticed that he had made a few critical comments about it. I said, Scotty, I'm going to ask you about this. He said, fine. And he just took off. I gave him credit for speaking out about it. A lot of credit to him. I sent him a text. If they come try to punish you, let me know. And let Danny know. Let Danny Mialopoulos know. Because this is how Chicago works. <laughs> the guys who did the bad stuff don't get punished. The guys who do the investigations get punished. How, how is that? By the way, what, I would have liked Barack Obama to me. How about Barack Obama at that uh, ceremony where he dug up the dirt, made a comment about his beloved city? No, but that is exactly the mindset of Chicago that Barack Obama, when he saw it, said, I am out of here. Ar- Arlington Heights, here I come. <laughs> gonna, the Obama Center will be at Arlington Heights, ladies and gentlemen. The Bears got to figure out some way to fill up that thing. So anyway, a shout out to Scott. Yeah, he said it. uh, And then Dan wrote it up. Uh, And then can I just add this one thing? All right. She's going to be embarrassed that I'm doing it, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh Uh, Good, (laughs) good friend of the show. uh, Linda Paul, proud graduate of Evanston High School, proud graduate of Chute Junior High. A lot of people don't know that Linda Paul graduated from Chute Junior High. A lot of people don't know what Chute Junior High is. Well, get over to Oakton Street in Evanston, Evanston. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll see Chute Junior High. And then when you go by Chute, go, wow, 
That's where Linda Paul went to junior high. Anyway, she listened to our show uh, and she listened to our show from about a week ago where I was moaning and crying that we never get scoops. Remember that one? Oh, day? yeah. Typical Ben Jarofsky show. Really. <laughs> we never get scoops. Boo. And uh, so she I got to give her credit, man. She's so much smarter than us. D. Uh, so after the Danny Milopoulos wrote the story and we were he gave us credit. God bless him. Uh, she went back and got a transcript of last week's show. Yes. And uh, I will now read a dramatic reading from the show from last week. Okay. Oh. Here we go. Oh, hold on. Where is it? Um, okay. So here's Benny J. Uh, <laughs> I will now do it. Okay. Be easy. I am now officially auditioning for a job at your station. <laughs> don't sound too desperate, please. Yeah. Why don't we ever get scoops? D. When was the last time they said this was released in a tweet by Ben Jarofsky? Wait a minute. The guy who doesn't tweet? Oh, no, W-B-E-Z, Ben <laughs> sucks. You know, you notice how I went up? That's the irony. Yeah. Wow. You go, he doesn't tweet? That's the irony. Wait a minute. D, I was supposed to say nice things about me. Oh, D, boy. just get rid of all this, right? Edit this out. I do not like W-B-E-N. <laughs> Anyway, Linda Paul, you're awesome. Thank you for sending that to us. And uh, thank you very much, Danny Milopoulos, for uh, not just giving us a shout out, but uh, you have done a public service uh, on this, your endeavor here to dig out the truth of what went down at the Park District. Uh, and um, so keep at it. Keep at it, young man. I know he doesn't need me to say it because the bulldog, you know, he he's like Rich Miller in that regard, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was the latest episode of a mayor and her alderman a mayor and her alderman in the words of the nielsen ceo quote chicago is a really good place to have a corporate headquarters and <laughs> and we agree pretty good oh god well the bears don't agree apparently but whatever <laughs> Now, also this week, we heard murmurs of a merger. A merger murmur? Yes, it's true. And boy, I tell you, while this does seem like great news, somehow the chances of hearing Ben and myself on WBEZ got even lower. <laughs> in an unprecedented maneuver to try and secure the future of one Chicago's two daily newspapers, Chicago Public Media's board of directors voted Wednesday to pursue an acquisition of the beloved bright one, Chicago Sun-Times. In a joint statement from both news organizations released Wednesday evening, the board also announced it was naming Matt Moog, the new CEO of Chicago Public Media, 
That's who you start kissing up to, Ben. After, <laughs> I heard he doesn't like impressions. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Matt Moog, the new CEO of Chicago Public Media, after he had served nearly a year as interim, ending a two-year-long search for a new top exec for the public media company. The board approved a non-binding letter of intent to pursue the deal, which under a final agreement would make the Chicago Sun-Times a subsidiary of Chicago Public Media. The two brands would create one of the largest local nonprofit news organizations in the nation and be a national model for the future of local journalism. And we're not there anymore. But the statement said <laughs> <laughs> we were at the Sun Times. They were not. But the statement said the two news brands, WBEZ and Sun Times, would continue to serve their respective audiences. Ben, WBEZ and the Sun Times. Yes, what caught me off guard? Obviously, Matt Moog and uh, Michael Sachs over the Sun-Times did not consult me, D, before they made this move. I'm a little surprised by that. Usually, I'm the first person they consult. Uh, <laughs> and let me just say this about Matt Moog. Matt, that is a wonderful uh, suit you're wearing today. Oh, and boy. My God. What you just said made so much sense. And um, I'm really impressed uh, with the way you just view the world. And Matt, you know, don't listen to this guy. My resume is on top <laughs> of that of the papers there. My resume's up there, Mr. Moog. <laughs> Mr. Moog, uh, his name is Dr. D, and his resume would be under the pile uh, of people we don't ever want to hear from again. Uh, you might want to check that pile. No, I, I did not hear about this. And the cynic in me, D. Uh oh, the cynic in me. I'm really trying to curb that cynic. Okay, trying to control that cynic. Was that somehow or other the Sun Times just kind of wanted a the guys who run the Sun Times just wanted to get out of the business running a newspaper? You know, hey, I got an idea. Let's get uh, <laughs> let's get NB, let's get WBZ to take it over. Hey, Matt, come on over here. That's the cynic in me. The optimist, optimist in me, the one who wants to really believe uh, that uh, there's a future for uh, media, because I love uh, newspapers and radio stations and all that stuff, uh, is that the smartest minds in Chicago have come together to figure out a way uh, to save my beloved Bright One, that despite some of their editorials, I truly do love. been reading the Chicago Sun-Times since the 60s, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think the Chicago Sun-Times has a bigger fan than me. Even the people who work for it, <laughs> I don't think they like it as much as I do. Yeah. And I guess I don't think there's anybody who reads it sometimes from front to back. Or some days I start in the back and read it to the front. I mean, the guys who, you can leave from front to back out of the sentence. Who reads newspapers? Anymore? Other than me. So I really hope that this is good news for my beloved bride. But I know uh, BEZ is going to be strong and sturdy and people love it in Chicago. Love BEZ, particularly on the north side. They just absolutely love it. And uh, so I think uh, WBZ will be here. Uh, by the way, a little shout out to Kenny Davis. Boy, does he not get the credit he deserves. Ken Davis, uh, a good friend of this show. And um, we want him back on the show. But lately, he's been playing hardball with me, D, when I uh, I've been there before. You never want to play hardball with Kenny D, Ken Davis. Uh, but he was the one who kind of like invented news at BEZ. And I'll give him credit, man. He should put a statue for Ken Davis outside of BZ. Hell yeah. you know, you got Ernie Banks got a statue at uh, Wrigley Field. Michael Jordan's got a statue at the United Center. You know, uh, White Sox Park, they got statues of every Carl Fisk. Well, they got, they're like busts. They don't have statues, they have busts. 
But uh, they should definitely have at least a bust of Kenny D. And while you're at it, Richard Steele, good friend of mine. (laughs) Put Richard Steele up there. WBZ wants to act like, oh, we invented this. No, Kenny D did way back when. Anyway, uh, so I know uh, WBZ is in good hands and they're going to do well, at least I assume. So I'm hoping for the best, D. Uh, My advice to uh, Chicago Sun-Times staffers, um, not that any of them would take my advice, not that I would take my advice if I were given, but guys, you got to learn to talk a little slower and end your sentences with questions to indicate irony. So one more time. All right, everybody together. Tom Shuba, Scott Fornick, Ramana Hussein, Joe Cowley, all my dear friends at the Chicago, I'd say Evan uh, Moore, but Evan's moving over to the Chicago mm-hmm. Public Schools. Congratulations, Evan. You're the man. So everybody together, let's practice now. That's interesting. <laughs> A very interesting concept. Baseball. People watch it. Oh, Fascinating. If that banner isn't ripped down by now, it is now. That's for sure. Oh, my God. They burned that thing. Are you kidding? That ban- the Ben Dressing Show banner? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm hoping for the best, D. I really am. You know how much I love the bright one. I tease you, bright one, but you know I love you. So, anyway, I'm hoping for the best. Well, get ready for uh, if they start doing more uh, audio sometimes. One Thomas, two joints. Shuba. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Tom Shuba has joined us. Tom, it's ironic. And then Tom will be like, usually Tom is like, uh, he's got a little Tom Waits in him. Uh, but he'd be like, well, I, I feel and, reefer. And also, we wish the best. Hey, Brian, video guy, not sure what's going on uh, in the future, but hey, there's always a spot. Video man for the Ben Jarofsky show. We got your back. Oh, my God. That is literally pound for pound the smartest brain at the Chicago Sun Times. For sure. For sure. Technologically speaking, that dude is so smart. He probably, you know, probably not helping him by mentioning him on our humble little show, but we love you, Brian. You have bailed us out more than once. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> I, you know, you've taught me to jiggle the wire whenever uh, <laughs> things get well. Yeah. But no, yeah, but best of luck. And uh, uh, that sounds awesome. We, you know, it sounds like yeah, there'd be some, awesome. some good stuff here. Maybe some more audio from uh, the Sun Times. You know what I mean? Uh, I really hope, and I'm, I'm putting aside my cynicism, you know, all the devils in the details. I really hope that, that they intend to save the Sun-Times and to keep the Sun-Times going because Chicago needs the bright one. I love the sports section of the bright one. I go on and on about the bright one sports section, but Chicago needs the Chicago sign. It's not just me, some old guy who reads newspapers saying it. I actually believe that it helps to have that other set of watchdogs uh, taking, keeping uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and all the aldermen honest. So I'm hoping this works out. And I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping this is not just some cynical maneuver, some corporate thing that's like five steps ahead of anywhere I would ever be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really smart businessmen trying to figure something out. Uh, I hope this is uh, intended to uh, promote news and newspapers and radio stations. And so good luck to all there. I'm going to. Radiate good vibrations, D. There you go. I know you're trying to put that cynicism down, but I just need you to pick it back up just one more time because we got one more story. All right, please. Okay. And since we're talking about 
rumors, murmurs, oh, <laughs> and mergers. Oh. Hey, how about those Arlington Heights Bears? What a joke. What a joke. The Chicago Bears have called Soldier Field home for almost 40 years. But the future of that relationship appears to be on rocky ground as the Bears pursue a potential new stadium in Arlington Heights on the site of Arlington International Racecourse. On Wednesday, the team announced that it has agreed to buy the property in Arlington Heights for roughly $197 million. The purchase will take time to complete, similar to closing on a house. But Churchill Downs selected the Bears' bid and is moving toward finalizing the sale. Governor J.B. Pritzker on Thursday said he'd be disappointed if the Bears leave Soldier Field in favor of a new stadium in Arlington Heights. But the Chicago Democrat was non-committal, surprise, surprise, about the prospect of publicly financing a billion-dollar project, something a group of state lawmakers are lining up to block. Pritzker said, quote, I'm a Bears fan. And I know that it would be disappointing for me if the Chicago Bears moved outside the city of Chicago. I think that the Bears and the city of Chicago need to work out their differences in order for us to end up with the Bears staying in the city. There's something about having them in the city. There's a tradition, I think, that we all feel, many of us, about the city of Chicago. Having said that, this is a private enterprise engaging with city governments to decide what's best for them. All right, man, I... I could go on and on about this. This this just like brings in uh, so many issues that I'm obsessed with and fascinated by sports, politics, public financing, uh, the brainwashing of the citizenry. All those things are coming together here. Uh, let me just say this right now. Uh, <laughs> the least important point I can make is the one I'm going to make first. Uh, I somehow just don't see J.B. Pritzker as a Bears fan, D. I'm just saying. Really? You know? Yeah. Just, just not seeing him as a football fan. I don't know. He, look, he looks uh, like he can be a good offensive tackle. Well, that's something else. Okay. But uh, I just don't see him as a football fan. I, I Daly was not a football fan. Richard M. Daly was not a football fan. Harold Washington was not a football fan. The only football fan we've had is mayor uh, is Lori Life with the current one. She loves football. She's a season ticket holder. So, um, at one point, I thought about doing a show with Lori Lightfoot. I thought about it, not her. <laughs> we talk nothing about bears. Uh, I'm sure that show will never happen. But um, anyway, uh, listen, here's the deal. The Bears are a absolutely wretched football team. The people who run the Bears show no clue as to how to run a football team. In fact, I have now used the Bears as a symbol of the Democratic Party. That's my new line. I've, been, I've already trotted it out like three times. Had a long conversation with David Ferris. I urge everybody to check it out. And my line is this. The Republican Party plays uh, politics the way the Green Bay Packers play football. The Democratic Party plays politics the way the Chicago Bears play football. That is, they do the same thing over and over and over again, even though it's destined to fail. That's on the football side of things. They have absolutely no clue as to what is a good quarterback. They had an opportunity to draft the greatest quarterback of his generation, Patrick Mahomes, and instead they took one of the most mediocre quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky. They traded up to do that, ladies and gentlemen. They gave away draft choices to take Mitch Trubisky, even though they could have taken Patrick Mahomes. That is the worst single administrative move I've seen a sports team make in my lifetime, my lifetime. And I've been around a long time, definitely of the 21st century. So this is the team. These are the people running this team that we are going to reward their ineptitude by giving them money 
to build a stadium that will make them even wealthier? Or would it, what, increase the value of their team so they could sell it for even more than they would get on the open market? Only fools would do that. Only fools would do that. And yet, <laughs> right on time, here comes Arlington Heights. Hey, Bears. We'll give you some money. Now, we don't know. We don't know what the deal is. So let me back off. I love it. Cranes. They're all, the headline yesterday, I was making fun of them. Who's going to pay for Chicago's Bears Stadium? Well, I got one answer to that question. It won't be the Bears. And this whole deal is contingent on the Bears getting the most amount of money they can from Arlington Heights, who seem ready to turn it over. They haven't gotten specific yet. Okay? They never do in these things. They're running from Rahm Emanuel on this one and Mayor Daly on this one. Isn't that funny, D? People in the suburbs and downstate go, oh, those big city Democratic mayors from Chicago. We don't want to be anything like them. And the first chance they can, they're just like them. So when the first thing you do is you say, well, we're really excited about this prospect, but we don't have any details. We're going to be studying it. Oh, yeah. Like you haven't already figured out it's going to be a tiff. <laughs> How else are you going to fund this thing? Dedicate future property taxes to the Chicago Bears. That's how you're going to do it. You're going to take it from your public schools. That's how you're going to do it. And you're not going to be honest about it when you do it. If you're like Chicago, you won't be. You pretend as though you aren't taking it from your public schools. And one more time, you're giving the money to the most inept practitioners of the game of football in the world. I can't think, the whole, to quote Norm McDonald, the world. I can't think of one football team as bad as football as the Chicago Bears. New York Jets. <laughs> you know, you raise a good point there. <laughs> I haven't seen the Jets this year, so I can't comment on that. I saw the Bears last Sunday. Their game, their alleged alleged game against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that poor quarterback, Justin Fields. Oh, let's sack the rookie. No, I don't know, guys. Ever heard of the rollout? You know what I mean? Nope. We're just going to make him like a fixed statue in the field with our, so our terrible offensive line will open up and say, go ahead, pound our quarterback, the future of our franchise. So the timing is unbelievable. In the aftermath of that wretched display of offensive ineptitude that set back the course of football for like 100 years, Right on cue, the Bears go, we're moving from Chicago. Like, go. Does Alaska need a football team? Go to Alaska. It's just, by the way, Mike Rico was right. It's just a setting. There's no, it's just a setting for a game. It's a TV studio. Glorious, grandiose TV studio. That's all it is. And by the way, D, this is the funniest thing. The Bears are going to be in charge of this. Oh, my God. Just think about that. What makes you think they're any better at developing and being landlords than they are at football? I don't know, Arlington Heights. Just think about that. <laughs> what, what is it about what the Bears have done over the last 50 years that leaves you confident that they could oversee the development of this huge project? So I, I'm... I find this um, amusing on one level, upsetting on another level, and we'll see where it goes, D. Uh, I certainly hope Lori Lightfoot does not get uh, 
bamboozled into giving the Bears more money. The Bears I took mean, $600 million yeah. from us in 2001, and now they're leaving the city of Chicago. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. I remember Jacob Kaplan brought it up yesterday that, like, you know, they're probably fibbing, playing a little hardball, and they know you can't, like, under your under your mayoral tenure, you lost the Chicago Bears. You cannot have that, uh, you know, going into re-election or just being a mayor, right? They know that Lightfoot's going to probably pull as many strings as she can to keep them, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think J.K., that was yesterday's show, J.K. was had a good point there that this is, could just be a game of chicken to force uh, the city of Chicago to give the Bears more money. You gave the Bears $600 million in 2001, Chicago, or the early twos, O's. I can't remember what the exact year was to build that <laughs> that spaceship at Soldier Field, which is so bad, it's kind of good. You know what I mean? It's like so weird, it's kind of cool. Now, oh wait, now, now there's not enough seats there. Oh wait, we need a dome stadium so we can have concerts and Super Bowls and stuff. I mean, this kind of puts a, a stain uh, on the legacy of one Lori Lightfoot if that happens, right? I mean- No, I actually don't, I, I hear you, but you, of all people, Dr. Me? D, Me? a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. You're damn right. Let's go. Playoffs, baby. Nobody cares in St. Louis that the Cardinals went to L.A. Has any mayor suffered for that? Oh, you mean the, uh, the Rams, the Rams. Oh, my bad. The Rams. You're right. Well, no, first what, they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And the, then they went to Arizona. Uh-huh. Okay, nobody cared. Then the Rams came to St. Louis and they went back to L.A. Who cares? St. Louis somehow other still exists. Guys, they just use you. They just use you. So I don't, I, I remember when that argument was tried out against Harold Washington. God, I'm old. 1983 or four or whatever it was that the White Sox said, we're moving down to Tampa Bay or Florida, wherever they were going out of Florida. And they got the state to kick in a whole bunch of money for Sox Park. And uh, Harold said, I don't, you know, essentially, I don't want to be the mayor that's tagged with losing the White Sox. I have more credibility with that because he was the first black mayor city ever had. And there was a whole, band of white aldermen uh, saying, good, this is what happens when you put black people in charge. That was the attitude they made, and they were being seconded by all the great thinkers of the editorial page of the Chicago Tribune, Sun-Times, Cranes. So I kind of had a little more sympathy for Harold back in the 80s, but I don't know, D. This game's, I mean, think of Oakland. The Raiders were in Oakland. Then they moved to Los Angeles. Then they moved back to Oakland. Now they're in Vegas. And mayors come and go to Oakland, and nobody seems to care. You know, if you're a Raiders fan, you just watch them on TV anyway. So yeah. Go to Arlington Heights, but you're going to be the Arlington Heights Bears. <laughs> yeah, I see the Chicago Bears just walking away with a big old pot of gold after this. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. Hey, I know what we're going to do as a society. There's people who can't pay their rent. There's people who don't have health care. There's schools that are falling apart. I know. We're going to take the money that could go to that, and we're going to give it to this lousy football team. <laughs> right. And call it economic development. Uh, oh, and by the way, I got to say, it's very – you're you're early. You're usually really like the Bears two weeks into the NFL season. <laughs> you're very early. You already hate their guts. Usually it's... that comes about right uh, in November, December. <laughs> I have to say this. I've really got some issues with the Chicago Bears. I've been following them since 1966, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I and see. Every year, every year I go, that's it. I'm through. And I actually was through with them. Do you forget? I was through with them for a solid year after Mitch. I said, after I saw how good Patrick Mahomes was and how bad Mitch Trubisky was, I was through with them. But then they drafted Justin Fields. Okay, back on the bandwagon. 
Yeah, I see it. I see it. It's not just you. I see the whole city. Like, week one of the NFL season, everybody's like, Bears! Yeah! And then, like, uh, about two months, oh, they hate their guts. Remember the bright one had the party when we were at the studio? Yeah. Bear season? Mm -hmm. We weren't invited to the party, but let's forget that for a moment. (laughs) They waited. Are they in the room? Are they not? Okay. Well, I tell you, we weren't invited to the party. Just explains all of it with this new merger and everything. Don't even give him a piece of cake. (laughs) (laughs) That producer eats way too much of the cake. Oh, my God. I love cake. All right, guys. So that is our show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. You can find them there or wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. If you uh, read that WBEZ article and you're like, I'm going to try this Ben Jarofsky show. Hey, hope you liked it. And uh, go check it out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, wherever else you download podcasts. Subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars only, please. That would be great. Uh, you can send us an email, Benny J Show at at gmail.com. Let us know what's on your mind. There's a good chance we will read that email on the program. And you can call our show, 708-658-4788. That is correct. That number again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Uh, I want to thank one last time, Denny Milopoulos, uh, for giving us a shout shout out. Thank you, Dan. Uh, and Alinda Paul uh, for uh, giving us uh, that wonderful yeah, email that was awesome, with the transcript. Linda. Really, thank you very much, Linda Paul. Uh, and of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Joy Walton and Lloyd, without whom this show would be possible. And it's Damiolopoulos, Linda Paul, and Justin Fields will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. In the words of Nielsen's CEO, quote, Chicago is a really good place to have a corporate headquarters, end quote. And we agree.